when we were doing the flipping or even remodeling houses about like, will your marriage survive? Like, I don't know what that was. Like, it just triggered in my head that uh -huh. a lot of people are like, oh, did you feel that way? Yeah, I did. I'm just joking. Jeez, you're just um, on fire today. Right, yes. Don't mind me kicking you under the table. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate. Learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth. Visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and Heather Reese. Welcome to the Turning Profit Podcast. Heather, so great to be here once again. I know. I think we've got more energy this time. The sun is out. The sun is out. Yeah, sun is shining in sunny Southern California. Say that 10 times fast. No, thank you. I know. It's, you know, we complain about the weather. I was, we were talking to someone who's from back East, right? Uh -huh. And we're saying, talking about the weather and everything. They were expecting it to be warmer. We were like, so sorry. And I'm, and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's kind of rainy, dreary, but it'll be sunny soon. And then as soon as it gets to be too sunny, we'll be like, it's so, it's so hot. It's yeah. too sunny. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, we need a break from the sun. Right. Yes. No, no, actually, that's what we'll complain about. There's not enough rain. Yeah. Not enough rain. That, that's yeah. what it'll be. So stay tuned for that. But today's episode is pretty, is it an episode? Of course it's an episode. That's what it's called, right? Why wouldn't it be an episode? I don't know. That just didn't sound right when I said it. Okay. But anyways, it's about land flipping and yes. how it works. And we're going to go into the steps, right? Yeah. We're going to be breaking down all the major steps mm -hmm. of the business model. Basically, how you flip land from beginning to end. So the major parts of the process. Obviously, we can't go into too much detail in a podcast, but we're going to show you the major steps that we do. And then if you're interested in finding out more... We've actually got a free training program. All you need to do is to go to landconquest.com. You can find it there. Uh, you join our community. It's free. Everything, uh, this training program and the community is 100% free. So you just go there, hit, hit the orange button that says join now, something like that. And then you'll go over and uh, be able to dig into all the details on that. Right. So no. they fill out a short form with their social security number, date of birth, blood type. Yeah. All that stuff. Just yeah. kidding. None of that type of stuff. You know what no. really bothers me? What? I have to tell you. Me? Is when... Yeah. You, oh my gosh. That's, <laughs> I mean, sometimes, but no, no. Is when someone says something is free. Okay. And then you go to fill out the form to get it, which is cool. No problem. And it'll be like, we just want your email. Okay. And then the next step will say, and then we need your cell phone number. Yes. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like yeah. I agreed to, so are we asking for all that? What are we asking for? No, it's just to sign up for the platform that the community's hosted on. So it doesn't ask for your phone number okay. and name an email. It might ask for you to fill out a little bio. So everyone, everyone in the platform has a little bio. But okay. But it. they don't have to give their phone number, social security number, blood type. No, none of that type of stuff. Okay. So we've covered that. I don't have our normal. I was going to say, should we just jump into it? And I think we'll do that because, you know, I, yeah. I don't really, there's not much news right now. Okay. It's the All same right. old, same old. It's, I think, summer. Everyone's sick of the news. Right. I'm sick of the news. I rely on you to actually watch the news and then tell me what's relevant and what's not relevant. Because when I watch the news, a lot of times it's so negative. And it, I, I just, I don't know. Then I get upset about certain things and I just don't want to be upset. So if I don't watch it, I don't get upset. So, but then you have to be my emotional support husband because then I get upset. Well, That's I'm always your emotional support, support husband. husband. <laughs> Isn't that my part of my job? I guess so. I don't know, but I think we've just identified something I might need to speak to a therapist about. Well, you don't have to watch the news if you don't want to watch the news. I, I know. Can, the I other thing other... we do is like BBC. That is kind of a little, right. like yeah. more of a worldview. But you remind me of another funny thing was, do you see that? I think I shared a meme with you where it was like, my husband lives in this fantasy world where he runs out of something and it magically appears like on his kitchen sink or bathroom sink. Thing. Oh yeah. There was a great video. About yeah. It. Do you remember like, that? I got to tell you something. This is really mad, like magic. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> Every time I put, you know, dirty laundry down on the bed or something uh -huh. and it just disappears and it comes and it's folded back in my closet the next day. Right. And the person's like, yeah, it's me. But then you left toothpaste on your counter in the bathroom. I was like, are you asking me to order? I'm like, I have you know, I was going to ask you to order it. Yes. But I just didn't get around to it. It was yet. smart though. You just put it there. Cause I still, I had some cause right. inevitably then you would buy it and I would buy it. And then we'd have like 50 tubes. Yeah. So after about a week of not having toothpaste, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I need, I'm just joking. That'd be no. horrible. We'd have no, a bigger problem. Two days. <laughs> just joke. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Killing me. Okay. So land flipping. I also wanted, I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but like Actually, we did talk a little bit about how you felt the need like in 2020 to get back into mm. real estate. Yes. Real estate investing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, at your brilliant wife's suggestion. Right. And it was missing yes. from your life. But why? Like, what was the thing when you saw land? 
Like, why land? Like, there were so many different avenues it could have gone to, but why did you do land? It seems so simple to me. The whole business model seemed very simple to me. Like, you send out letters, and that generates your, your deals, and then you buy a property, and then immediately you list it for sale and sell it at a profit. So you're buying it at a discount, and then you're reselling it at a price that's slightly below market. And it just seemed very simple to me. And the numbers seemed pretty cool to me, too. Like, I wouldn't even have to get a loan for any of these properties. You know, I could just, we could buy a property for 10000 and hopefully sell it for 30000 You know, that seemed like low risk to me. I don't think it was simple. I think you're using the term wrong. I think it was... Or saying I misspoke. <laughs> you misspoke. What no, he meant to say... Yeah, what, okay. Peter, please. <laughs> no, was that it was easy to... You felt you could duplicate it. Like, oh, yes. or, or that you could... The process was easy to understand. Mm -hmm. Or like it clicked in your brain. Like, I know how your brain works. It doesn't right. matter if something's easy or complex. It doesn't matter for you. For me... I'll be like, that's too many steps, not doing it. But you, you're like, oh, okay, it's 50 steps. It'll take me 52 weeks. I can, I got this. And it wasn't that. It was just that the steps, it made sense to you. That's what it is. Right. It made sense to you right away. Like it's logical. Right. And you were like, and you wrapped your head around it pretty instantly. Mm -hmm. Okay, now go on. Because do you well, remember? I, I mean, and I like the fact too, that I didn't have to, I wouldn't have to spend all this time and, and a whole bunch of effort, you know, with houses, single family homes, flipping. We'd been there, done that. We were uh, very successful in doing that for a while, but mm -hmm. it's so complex. Like just buying the property is really a small part of the process. Like after you buy it, then you've got all this stuff that goes into actually improving the property. And there's a lot of variables and a lot of unknowns during that process. And I didn't really want to get into that side of things because then you're dealing with contractors, you're dealing with... Why is that our biggest issue, by the way? I think it's a lot, big issue for a lot of people. You know, not not bashing on contractors no. or anything, but the, but the really good Finding ones. Finding the good ones, yeah. Yeah, the really good ones are very busy, and it's mm -hmm. hard to find ones that have the availability to work on your project. So it takes time to establish those relationships. And that they or, get it. Or, you know, yeah. what a lot of successful flippers do, house flippers, is they build their own teams. You right. Know, they build their own teams of contractors and things like that. So that's another mm -hmm. option. But I really didn't want to go down that road. I, I, I would if I had to, but I just thought that there was some better options out there for business models and just kind of reading about land flipping and seeing what other people were doing. It was like, ah, oh, this, this kind of sounds really cool. I think I can do this and I think I can make it work. Right. So. I think the other thing I remembered is, um, when we were doing the flipping or, or even remodeling houses at all, people are like, well, your marriage survived. Like, I don't know what that, what, like it just triggered in my head that uh -huh. a lot of people are like, oh, it was so bad. I'm like, did you feel that way? I did. It was. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm just joking. Jeez, you were just um, on fire today. <laughs> right, yes. Uh, uh, don't mind me kicking you under the table. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, we're, we're pretty much on the same page with all that stuff. You know, it gets stressful when things cost more than they're supposed to, which is always happening. Right. You always have a um, budget for more. Right. right. It's always going to cost more than what you think. And you're probably going to make less than what you think. But those types of things happen. And you get better with that over time. But it's stressful each time you flip a home, it's like a big project. And mm -hmm. you're kind of, you know, you've got your systems and things I'm sure that you can build up over time, but each house is going to be different. So you've got to take something that's, mm -hmm. you know, probably in really bad shape and mm -hmm. you've got to transform it into something that's a showpiece. Right. And then that's how you add the value. And then you, you make your money with that. It's not really the same thing with land. It's, it's much simpler. There are things that we do to some of these properties to add value, mm -hmm. but normally they're a lot less complex. Uh, than, and then, you know, flipping a home. And it's easier to build up that team. Exactly. It really is. You yes. know, two things that I learned during the flipping period, I don't know what we call it that, the flipping period, was that don't make it look like a flip. Mm -hmm. Don't make it look too personalized either. You don't want it to be like too, like, I don't yeah. know, something like, it's not about you. Right. Okay. Don't make it look like a flip. So don't use like the, I don't know, the stock cabinets or something. Do mm -hmm. things that look a little bit better than that, you know? Mm -hmm. And then the other thing too is keep it simple. And I think that that's something that we've taken away. Do you remember what we used to do we, when we would do the flips, we would really go all out on the landscaping out front. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the curb appeal. Right. Super important. And we'd have all these different flowers, all this kind of stuff. And then one day we were like, that's dumb. Yeah. We're going to keep it very simple. And it looked so much better. It was so much easier. But I think that we've taken that into this too. Like, keep it simple. Yeah, exactly. You know, like don't complicate the whole process. It doesn't have to be complicated. Things run so much smoother when you take the complexity out of the situation. Right. So. And and then building that team is so important. And, mm -hmm. and like I said, that's like a struggle flipping houses. You can build your own team, but that means that you have to make sure you always, it's like a smooth project line, mm -hmm. but you can't control as much 
with the houses, it seems like, as you can with the land. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I guess it's probably a good time for us to actually get into like, what is the whole Mm -hmm. business model? Like what, how does land flipping work? Your notes tell me here, like pretty much this is, this is how it works. I'm going to read the three bullet points and then we'll go from there. Yeah, so this is a very high level description of what we do. Mm -hmm. So we buy raw land off market at a steep discount. We make some minor improvements on occasion, sometimes we don't, and then we resell the parcels as quickly as possible for a healthy profit. Yeah. I mean, really, when you boil it down to what we do, buy properties Mm -hmm. off market, we then sometimes do some improvements, sometimes don't do any improvements at all. And then we resell, put them on the market and resell them as quickly as possible. That's it. That's simple. Right. Okay. We talked about this before, but we're like a convenience buyer for people. Mm -hmm. So when we're buying the properties, these are people who don't necessarily want to list it on the market. They don't want to do the little things to you see it like we buy houses. We right. buy ugly houses. Right. Same kind of thing. We buy unwanted land pretty much. Yeah, that's exactly it. They might have inherited it. They might have bought it a long time ago. They might have had plans to build it. Who knows? But this is now just, it's something they're not even really thinking about. And to exchange it for cash and not have to sell it on the market mm-hmm. is an enticing thing. Um, and then what are some improvements you might make? Oh, improvements? Oh, you know, they could be clearing some paths on a property, getting just some access established because these properties, some of them, haven't been even stepped on in, in 20 years by a human, maybe, uh, maybe by a bunch of animals that live there. But, you know, no one's maintaining the property. No one's doing anything. It's kind of just a forgotten property. So in those types of situations, sometimes we have to clear some paths so people can actually access the property and the end potential end buyer can access the property, walk around and see if they want to buy it or not. Right. They need to be able to see the potential. Right. And if it's so wooded that you can't walk through it, yes. it's hard to see. It's hard to see. Yeah. Okay. So we'll do those kinds of things. Maybe, um, if you need a septic or engineering, mm-hmm. any of that kind of stuff, like oh, not, yes, not yes. put in a septic. Yeah, so but... some, yeah, sometimes we'll do a survey. Sometimes we'll do a perk test. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll do a lot split. You know, we'll take a big property, split it up into five smaller properties and sell each of those off individually. So you get a higher, you know, price per acre when you could do something like that. Okay. And then we resell the parcel and we normally list it with an agent, right? Right, exactly. I mean, do you want me to sort of break down each of the steps kind of in more in detail? Yeah, let's start with like research, or, research and market. I'm yeah, sorry, research and market. Yeah. yeah, so first step kind of in this whole process, you know, when we're buying these properties, we're buying them off market. So we're not looking on the MLS. We're not, you know, making offers on properties that are already listed or whatever. We're trying to find properties that are not on the market, kind of held by individual owners that may want to sell, but, you know, they don't have anything that's kind of really pressing for them to actually list the property on the market or something. So we're going to first step in finding these people is we're going to, you know, this is a big country. There's, I don't know, 3,300 different counties in in the whole country. I'll trust you with that. I'm yeah, not going to look it's, it up. Uh, it's huge. I <laughs> right. mean, I don't know how many billions of acres there are, but it's a lot. Uh, so it's important to kind of narrow down where we're going to target our efforts, you know. So first part of that is kind of researching the markets and deciding where you're going to want to send out your outreach to. And when I say send out our outreach, what we do, how we generate all of our deals is we send out direct mail. So, and that direct mail is a very specific thing. It's it's a two-page letter. And first page is kind of describing who we are, why we're contacting them and what we can do for them. Second page is an actual purchase agreement. So it's a it's a one-page purchase agreement, very simple. It's got their details of their property on it, the acres, the parcel number, and it's actually got an offer price on it as well. So we send those out to people. Sometimes people send them back to us signed and ready to sell just based off of the offer that we send them. Sometimes they'll contact us and say, hey, I want to sell. The price is you need to work on your price a little bit in order to sell it. And then we'll take a look at the property and see if it's something we could do. And then sometimes people just call and chew us out because we sent them too low of an offer. (laughs) happens, you know, you know, it's just part of the business. So we get responses basically, but when they respond, that's basically where it starts. And it, the process starts like, can we work out a deal with these people? Is it a property that we actually want to buy? Want to learn the secret to building a thriving land flipping business? Head on over to landconquest.com and join over 2000 passionate land flippers, leveraging the power of community to scale quickly. Sign up for free at landconquest.com. All right, let's get back to the show. We're sending out all this outreach. We're we're doing all this stuff, but we're not researching the properties in depth before we send out all this the, this mail. It's just it would just be impossible to do at, at the quantities that we're sending out of the mail. So right now we're sending out a hundred thousand letters a month. We didn't start out that way, mm-hmm. but 
but it would be even at, at much lower quantities, it'd be very difficult to research every property, come up with a very specific offer price and everything before you send it out. It's it's all based off of average prices right. in an area. I want to go back to the beginning of that a little bit. We live in a very high cost of living area. And so I think a lot of people think that, well, you do, you, you do this business where you live and that's not mm. necessarily the case. Right. Like we don't do any land here. None. 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 We've done it in Cal. We live in California. We've done California properties mm -hmm. before. Right. But that's not our, you know, we, no. we're on the East Coast doing this in multiple different states, right? Yeah. Yes. So, East Coast and, and Midwest. Midwest. You're right. Okay. So you don't have to do it. Like talk a little bit about that. Like your location doesn't dictate where you do this, right? Yeah. So that's, that's a really great point and something that that's I forgot to mention. Me yes. Uh, I mean, that's part of the beauty of it. You're supposed to say there's more reasons you keep me around. There's but, more okay. reasons I keep you okay, around. Thank you. Not just that. Okay. But the, the really cool part about this business model is that you can do it from anywhere. Mm -hmm. And we do it from, you know, first of all, we live in Southern California. We're evaluating properties all over the country. We're sending out outreach to all over the country. And when a property comes back or a property, someone interested in selling, I've got tools now that I can look up pretty much 90% uh, of I get a really good idea of what a property is before we send out anyone to the property or anything. So it's a whole process that we've got set up, but it's um, you don't have to be there. So right. we, we've we've only seen just a few of the properties that we've owned over over time. So, and we own a bunch of properties now that we've never seen and we right. never plan on seeing. Right. So that that's not a limiting factor at all. No. There's tools now that you can use and then we get into people on the ground that you can hire and mm -hmm. work with that'll that'll do that beer Right. your eyes and ears. And if you travel a lot, like we used to travel about half the year, we plan to start traveling again more. That also is not you don't have to be stationary. You can do this on the go. I know people that do this from Europe and are not US citizens or anything mm -hmm. like that. So talk about, you know, someone that's kind of starting in a hole, pretty much, you know, they're not from this country, this is not their first language, but they're still able to do this land flipping business, set up an entity and a bank account and everything here that you would need to do. And they're, you know, living in overseas, you know, Germany and Italy and things like that. And, and they're still doing it. So it's really amazing uh, how flexible the business model is. And there's pretty much a way around every single little thing, every single little obstacle that you, you would come up against. So. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I even saw someone in the group that was active duty military. Yeah, yeah we've got someone who's that's deployed. active duty military. And we've got someone that's active duty military in the, I think, Italian Navy. Oh, and wow. he flips land. He okay. flips land in the United States. Isn't right. that crazy? Yeah. So I mean, very that's resourceful, not, right? You know, but that's not a barrier to entry then. No, no. Like at all. I think a lot of people think, well, I live in, I don't know. They, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people kind of put it in their brains. Like, well, I don't live there. I can't get there. I move. I'm traveling right. a lot. My it's too difficult. You my know. job is whatever. There's workarounds for all this stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So you did research and market and then build a list. So, you know, once you figure out kind of the areas that you want to focus on and we, you know, in our training program, we go into all the details of this. And you, know, you like, also share our letter that we send, right? Exactly. Yeah. They're our exact letter. So, so you, you don't even have to write the letter. No, no. I, I mean, I would recommend you customize it. So remove our information unless yeah. you want us to get the lead. Yeah. You know, I don't recommend that. Also, if you still haven't put it on your website, you should probably change our letter too. I mean, okay. our name. Okay. All right. So what are we talking about? Oh, Build building list. the list. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there are online apps and tools that you can use to build the list. So basically in the United States, all of these property records are, are public information. So all these counties keep these records of, you know, their assessor data and everything, which allows these different apps that we subscribe to, to, to compile all this data. And then it allows us to easily come up with a list. So we're not we like can, going property by property, looking at people's no. addresses, pulling the records, handwriting it. No. So if, if, say, for instance, we go through a process, kind of identify an area that we want to focus on. Mm -hmm. Say it's in the state of Nebraska and it's called Nebraska. Smile County. Smile County. I okay. just totally made that Sounds up. Sounds friendly. Uh -huh. Smile County, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. So we would just sort in this, in this app. And we would sort, like, say, for instance, we want to target all the properties that are 10 acres to 100 acres, because in Nebraska, there's some very big parcels, I'm sure. And <laughs> so you may want to limit that. So say you want to focus on 10 to 100 acres, you could build that list. You could then, you know, sort out some other basic criteria that we give you, kind of our suggestions What's for building What's one other thing you would sort out? Well, I, I would definitely remove any of the owners that are people that will never sell to you, like a school district, a utility, a railroad, you know, places like that aren't going to respond to a letter that we send them. So 
you know, you remove things like that. You know, there's, there's lots of other criteria you can use to kind of refine your list more depending on how, what approach you want to take. You could only send to out of area owners or something like that. But so you build your list and then after you build your list, then you basically figure out kind of the average pricing for that particular area. So say Smile County, Nebraska, you've kind of identified that the average retail price per acre of, of land is $10,000 an acre. So then we back off a certain percentage from that and we come up with an offer price per acre that will allow us to pick up the property aggressively and allow us to then get the profit margins we want and then resell the property also uh, aggressive slightly prices. below market mm -hmm. so we can sell it quickly. Right. And so, then there's a buffer if we needed, if there was something we needed to get done. Too. Right. So on average, maybe, you know, each area is different, but you may be looking at an offer price of like 40% of retail. So in that case, you may be offering $4,000 per acre on these offer letters that you send out. And when the people respond, then you can look at the properties in depth and see if you were off, you know, and that happens, you know, it's Both kind ways. of, a, yeah, it's Senator. kind of a discussion starter in, in a lot of ways. So it's not a contract until you sign it as well. So you're not sending it out with your signature on it. So they'll respond and they may send it back to signed offer, or they may call you up and say, Hey, I want to move forward with the offer. At that point, it allows you to evaluate it in depth and you could say, Oh, okay. We were too high on mm -hmm. our price because this property is, you know, underwater underwater or it's a toxic waste dump or something like that but it allows you to evaluate it in depth at that point send the list to the mailing service to get mailed oh yes <laughs> send the list to the, to the mailing company you're, you're doing mail. that on purpose so that i sound illiterate <laughs> yeah that's that was my whole goal in this heather so basically what we do next is then we take that list that we prepare with the offer prices on them and then combine with our letter that we've got and then we send that all to a mailing service. And what they do is they merge everything together. So they take this spreadsheet and they merge it into the document. So each person gets a unique document, basically, and, and a unique letter with an offer price and their information and their name on it. So they do all that stuff for us. They actually send out the letters. They fold them. They do all the stuff. They've got machines that do all this stuff. So it's not like there's someone there like licking the envelopes and putting on a stamp and stuff like that. And also, you don't want to be doing that yourself. Right. Uh, I, you know, I understand there's a maybe a motivation to save some money or something mm -hmm. like that. But with the volume that these mailing services are doing, they're able to actually offer some really good prices. They're sending stuff standard class mail. You don't have to send first these type this type of outreach in first class mail. I don't think you're going to get a lot of better responses. So you, you'll save money on the postage, and basically, you're going to be able to scale much higher by you know, using a mailing service well, to do that type of thing for you. Yeah, I think that that goes back to just basic business. Like, I'm guilty of that. Like, I'm like, well, if we could save a little money and we could do it, we mm -hmm. could, the kids could help us. Yeah. But the reality is that by not doing that, you've freed up more time. And then you can be focusing on finding new areas mm -hmm. or researching properties or other ways that you can grow the business. If yep. there's a service that does it really cost effectively and well, yep. it makes no sense to do it. And it's not even just saving money. It's, I mean, the amount of time. Yes. And then... You also have like the greater risk of human error. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of taken away. Yeah. So we've got a great recommendation for the company that we use. We've been through a lot of them. We know ones not to use, uh, but we do. Uh, basically, we have a great recommendation for you to use. And that's in the training program and community as well. And the whole thing with the training program is so that you don't have to go through the trial and error. You can just jump in and get the business going. Right. You know, the recommendations are ones we actually use. So it's not like we're just right. saying that. And one thing I do want to state about this, there are a number of different ways to do the land flipping mm -hmm. business. The way that we do it is not the only way. No. There's people that kind of take different sub niches and then run with it, you know, and they may take something and think, oh, I can improve on this. You know, I could do this a little different way, which kind of matches better with my lifestyle or whatever. And hey, that's that's great. This is what we do. I know it works. And if, you, if you're curious about how well it works, you could definitely check out our income reports, which I do monthly. Mm -hmm. And I post them at our website, turningprofit.com. Been doing those for quite some time now. Basically, every month I show you exactly how much revenue we took in, how much profit we did, each and every deal we did, we closed that month, like what we bought it for, what we sold it for, notes on all those properties. So I, get, I give a lot of data and a lot of uh, transparency into what we do. I'm not only putting the good properties on there. I'm, I'm also putting on the properties that didn't work out like I had hoped. But you'll see exactly what the business is about and what's possible and, and maybe how you can take that and 
do a better job than us. Right. I mean, I the know. whole thing is to to learn from that. And sometimes it's the things that you don't, the questions we don't get asked and the things we don't think to say that come up in those. Right. So you're going to see kind of the behind the scenes. Right. Um, and, and I hope that people take our system and like the goal is to tweak it, figure out what works best for you. Right. You know, because everyone's an individual at different times. Maybe someone, I don't know, like you have a different life situation, but we don't talk about things that we don't know specifically that work, or we don't recommend things that we don't know work. Right. That's the whole thing. Okay. So the next thing you say on there is to respond to incoming leads. Oh, yes. Okay. So after you send out all this mail, then you are actually going to get people responding to your mail. So you don't need to, but I would recommend that you have a process in place in order to... You do need of, to have, you need to have a process in place. I would recommend I'm going to go stronger. I'm going to go stronger and say that the only way you can actually do this is a, you need a system. Well, you used to tell me like, don't say like, you need to do this. You need to do that when, oh. I'm, when I'm explaining things. So that's why, I, that's why I backtrack. You'll need to have. Yes. I would recommend that you have a system in place in order to deal with the incoming calls that, mm -hmm. that come in. And it's not just calls. You'll get emails, you'll get text messages. We use an answering service that answers our phones 24 hours a day. And it's actually very reasonable. Extremely reasonable. Yeah. Really. And basically their job is to kind of filter out. It's a human. Yeah. Yeah. That answers. And real, they're here in the US, yeah, right? US based. And yeah. they answer all the calls that we give them a script. You know, they answer it with their company name. And their job is to kind of filter out those people that are interested and actually want to sell their property. And then those that are just calling to, you know, complain about the offer or something like that. So there are a certain percentage of people that just called and complain about the offer. But that's with anything in life. Right. Like I realize it's just, it doesn't, there's some people you just can't make happy. Right. So, and it, it adds a buffer because you don't have to hear that. Right. And, yeah. But the other thing too, is that then you're only using your time to respond to the qualified that's for right. For the most part. Yeah, exactly. You want to be talking to people that are actually motivated to sell. If they're not motivated to sell, you're not going to talk them into selling. I mean, it's not. No. You, and know, what, it, you, you only want people that where there's a match. You know, mm -hmm. like our pitch is that we buy properties cash and we close quickly and we make it as simple and as easy as possible. They don't have to go through a long protracted listing process with the with the land listing broker or something like that and and all the paperwork and all the drama that goes along with that we don't ask them to do any of that stuff so we're the convenience buyer that's our pitch to them some people are interested in that some people are not interested in that but i, I should also say too while we're talking about that i know probably some people listening to this might have thought oh well you need to have the cash to buy these properties but that's not necessarily the case at all there's two ways to do it you could use your own cash to buy the properties or you could use a funding partner to use their cash to buy the properties. Now, when you bring on a funding partner, the difference is that you don't keep the 100% of the profits. Generally, you'll keep 50% of the profits. So we've got a program actually, and if you're interested in, if you got a property that you're interested in us partnering with you on, all you do is go to partnerwithpete.com. Catchy, isn't it? Partnerwithpete.com. And there's a form on there. You just fill out the information about the property. If it's a good deal and we like the property, then we'll partner with you on it. We'll do all the stuff to actually get the property sold and closed and all that kind of stuff. You just find find another deal for us. So, But at the end of the day, let's say there's $50,000 profit, you get $25,000, we get $25,000. Obviously, we get reimbursed our, the amount of the property that we, you know, the amount of money that we spent on the property. So we get that first. And then the profit that's left is split 50-50. So and with our system too, we cover, we haven't even gotten into this, but we do the due diligence on our side. Oh yeah. We do the listing. We do, we pretty much take it over from that point. Yeah. So you don't have to do anything beyond we, we that. Make it, so we plug it into our whole team and our whole mm -hmm. framework and everything that we're doing. So you don't have to get bogged down with all that kind of stuff. And then our network of agents too will also sell it. So exactly. you're not looking for an agent. Okay. But I wanted to throw that in there quick because I know that that's, that's a barrier for a lot of people thinking, well, you know, I can, I can put together the, mm -hmm. the budget to send out the mail and everything like that. But how do I buy the properties? Right. So that should not be a restriction for you at all. If it's a deal, we'll fund it or someone else will fund it. We've got a ton of people in our community, which are deal funders as well. So I would hope that you would, you know, check with us first. We would love to work with you. But, uh, but some, you know, some properties are not the type of properties that we buy, but they might be great for other land funders in our community as well. So. I think it also is another barrier kind of being broken down because when you use a deal funder, you're getting that second opinion kind of like you're getting that confidence, especially when you're first starting. Like, I think this is a good deal, but I'm new. 
And yeah. if, you know, Pete's going to fund it, it's a good deal. Yeah. And that's true. And you should, you'll hopefully learn from how we, you know, take the property and run with it from that point. So you can, you know, once you get your kind of uh, war chest built up, I guess, and you want to start just buying the properties yourself, you'll get a higher profit margin just doing it yourself. But then you'll have the confidence. You'll see how everything works uh, from that end. But I think that uh, the really cool part about it is that, you know, they say that it's always best to use other people's money. So in this case, you'd be using our money. Pete's money. Pete, partner with Pete. Okay. As long as I get all the profits. You get none of the profits. I take all that. Okay. So how does that work for me? (laughs) Don't worry about it. Okay. So yeah. So you get to, there's no downside for you either. Mm -hmm. Honestly, we take all all the downside risk because once we agree to do the deal, then if there were to be some sort of loss or something like that, it's not like we come after you and say, hey, you know, you're not responsible for that at all. No, that's what a deal partner is. You know, they're taking on the financial side. Okay. So partner with Pete to get to that. And you also talked a little bit about how we move it all into our software. Well, with our our people, we'll be taking over everything and using our software, which will our software be available to other people at some point? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have a platform that we have spent a lot of money Mm -hmm. and a lot of effort refining over time, it's built on the high-level platform, but basically it's a customization built on that for exactly how we do the land flipping business. So it's not just a CRM, as they would call it, you know, how to how to you know respond and deal with leads that are coming in, but it's our whole business system. It manages the whole process. So we've got the acquisition side, we've got due diligence, we've got the transaction purchase side, we've got the marketing side of the processes, and then we've got the resale transaction processes as well, all built into that, a lot of automations. So it's basically a great foundation for you to scale your land flipping business. Without that foundation, you're going to have a hard time doing any sort of volume and Mm -hmm. keeping it organized is going to be very difficult. And then again, you can skip ahead because you can use the system. You don't have to, you know, you you don't have to recreate. And the, the beauty of it too, is that you get access to our tech team as well. So you can, you know, the, the platform is infinitely customizable. So if you want to, if you got some ideas to customize it, build some automations out for whatever process you want to do, our team will help you put that together. And how do people find out more about that? Just go to landconquest.com and, you know, we'll have information about it in the community. It's not launched yet, but it will be soon. Okay. So then after we've responded to the incoming deals, now it's time to get these deals under contract. Boost your land flipping earnings with our new Land Conquest business system. It's designed for efficiency and effectiveness. This cutting edge software tool is your key to success in the land flipping industry. Streamline and automate your operations to scale your business to new heights. With our system, you get a customizable website with six professional templates to choose from, up to five dedicated phone numbers, each with their own chosen area codes for creating a trustworthy local presence. And as a bonus, you'll get a $25 credit for SMS and email sends. You'll also get access to our tech team to build any automations or customizations that you want. And not to mention, we've got a great dedicated community to the Land Conquest business system to help us all thrive together. And with every step of the way, you get our 24-7 live chat support. But that's not all. You'll also gain access to our exclusive community to connect and grow with fellow land flippers. Seize the opportunity to transform your business. Visit software.landconquest.com to check out the Land Conquest business system and unlock the next stage of your land flipping success. Yeah, so the goal of you know evaluating these properties and coming to an agreement on the price, uh, you'll want to get them under contract. Basically, that's the goal. Yeah, that's the goal. You know, the seller would sign the purchase agreement. We sign the purchase agreement. Then it moves to the next stage. So, and then it kind of branches off a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we've got two stages that it that it kind of work concurrently. We've got the due diligence. Mm -hmm. Basically, we are researching these properties in depth and making sure there's no issues with the property and just basically to make sure there's no red flags that we call it. Make sure we really want to close it. Like we're going to go all the way through. We fully intend to, but we just want to make sure there's not something hidden, like a skeleton in the closet that we didn't know about. It's kind of like if you've bought a house, same kind of thing. You yeah. know, we're not doing the same kind of like uh, inspection reports or anything like that. But this is where they're, you know, checking to make sure that the people who say they own it actually own it. You're right. That's kind of a big deal. Yes. So these aren't, it's not like we're looking for some, you know, unicorn thing to make it extra special to buy it. It's mm-hmm. just making sure that what is being presented is actually there, making sure that there's access. Right. You know, is there an easement through the whole entire thing by the, 
I don't know, some random companies. We can't even build on it. Stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, and we'll, we'll, we'll send out at that point in time, you know, we'll hire a photographer to go out and walk mm-hmm. the property and do drone shots and drone videos and all this kind of stuff. Give a report on it. We'll get a broker opinion during that phase. We'll be calling the city and the county and finding out information about utilities and the zoning and all these kind of checklists of things that we go through. And then the other side is the transaction side of things with the closing company. Like you said, making sure the chain of title is okay, making sure there's nothing weird that shows up on the mm-hmm. title report and things like that. Right. And then you said, so when we branch it off, we've got the due diligence period where they're looking really deep into the property. And then the other is the closing side where it's actually like the, we close everything using a closing company. That can be a title company, an escrow company, an attorney. attorney. Yeah. Right. So there's all these different ways. Different states have different things. Different areas have different things. But we always do it as, as legal as possible. And then the other thing we do is get title insurance. Right. I'm doing all the talking right now because Pete's trying not to choke. Yeah. He's, He's got me all choked cho- up. Heather. Choking on air again. So um, we, th- those are big things to us. It also protects the seller. And I think that's important. Like we, you know, I'm, I'm sure that in the back of their mind thinking, I got this random letter in the mail. You know what I mean? Like, and so are they going to just take my property and not pay me? But knowing that we say, no, we use some sort of closing company, whatever it is in that area, it gives them that peace of mind. But also it gives us the peace of mind that there was another party involved. It's a clean transaction. And then the title insurance makes sure that if there's something that we don't catch from what's, you know, what they cover, that we're covered. And then also it helps when we go to resell it, then we've got this, it's not just the chain of title. We also have this policy that kind of goes along with that. Yep. There's a lot of things that you were just touching on that maybe someone who isn't hasn't sold a lot of real estate or maybe sold no real estate or bought no real estate before is thinking like how would I even know to call the county or like mm. what is it we where we live it's it was or where I grew up I'd never heard of septic until we moved to more of a rural San Diego county and I was like a septic system like first of all I was like that's gross and then I understood it right maybe if people don't know it they wouldn't even think that and I think that the other thing that the I keep saying I think I do think good I think uh, the training program goes into that it goes you talk about all these different things so if you're kind of feeling like well I don't even know what I need to know don't worry about it because that's in the training program. You go through all those things. So yep. you're you're not like winging it saying, what do I need to ask? We tell you what you need to ask. Exactly. Exactly. And if you find, if you run into situations, which you will, mm-hmm. that are not covered in the training program, that's what the community is there for as well. Right. You know, you post a question in there and you'd be surprised how many knowledgeable and helpful people are in there that are ready to you Jump know, in and help. Yeah, exactly. You know, we don't talk about this too. And um, I, and it occurred to me that this would be something important, but you've been, you're a licensed real estate broker in California. Mm-hmm. You're not acting as an agent or as a real estate professional in that capacity when we're doing these yeah. transactions. We hire local real estate agents to sell the properties. You know, like I said, we use a closing company, but I want to point that out because I don't know if people know that you have been for almost 20 years yeah, 2006, I got licensed as a broker mm-hmm. in California. But before that, we were flipping homes for a number of years. So we had a lot of experience even before I got my broker. I think it's probably so. been over 20 years now. I should look yeah. it up. And so you flipped houses, so bought and sold. We bought our own personal private mm-hmm. properties. You have worked with um, banks. You were a short sale agent. Or actually, that that's kind of like a middleman. But you worked with people who, during the 2008 great financial crisis. You helped people short sell their houses. You also helped buyers during that period. Right. Um, but then you also worked, and I shouldn't say for the banks because you didn't, but you did. You worked with the banks. You disposed of their inventory. So you Yeah, are you a listing broker, yeah. Right. And yeah. then you've done BPOs and... Um, broker price opinions. Right, yeah. yeah. And you've been, you've helped with evictions, unfortunately. That kind of sucked. But for you, because that hurt your feelings yes. when people had to, or made no, you sad that's not when people fun. lost yeah. their houses. That's a bad part of the business. Yeah. Right. But so you have infinite amounts of experience. We don't really go into that. I used to be a real estate agent. I think I sold one house. It, yeah, you did a great job I was, that month. I, you were a top month, agent for that month. Even for that day. Okay. But thank you for that, right? Um, I like to, uh, paperwork's my, I like that kind of side of things. I like the money part of it. Uh-huh. Um, but so anyways, you bring a lot of experience to this and that's why we kind of, I jump around a lot because we've been through so we, you know, really high times of real estate and then crazy times leading up to 2008 and mm-hmm. then the complete crash mm-hmm. and then reevaluating what are we going to do? We're not flipping. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, that's why I forgot. You also worked as an investor specialist. You worked with an investment company and you helped them buy yeah. I don't even know how many properties that they were, they kind of had split things. They would flip them, but then they were also holding it, waiting for the market to go up. Right. So you've worked everything except for really, you've done it. Well, you've worked in 
and with a few commercial th- properties. You mm-hmm. help people buy commercial properties, mm-hmm. but that's I think an area where you really want to start. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of opportunity in the commercial mm-hmm. side of things. So you're excited yeah. about it. If you right. see his eyes are like commercial property, especially buying deals. So right now, there's a lot of there will be a lot of deals mm-hmm. available soon. So I want to be poised to take advantage of this. Right. So I just want to point out all that. So I don't think there is many real estate things that you haven't seen over the past twenty something years. Right. He's also 800 years old if you haven't done that. No, just right. <laughs> Do you Look at all like these a, gray hairs. You yes. feel like going through all that different thing. It's like we lived so many different real estate lives. Is this your favorite? Oh, yeah. This is so fun. Yeah, it really is. I love buying and selling stuff. Mm-hmm. So for me, this is, you know, I get excited buying the properties. You know, it's fun to resell the properties too. Mm-hmm. But buying a good deal is exciting to me. And what the saying is always, you make money when you buy, not when you sell. I know what you mean, though. You you make the money when you buy. Right. Um, our kids grew up, they were just talking about it. They are also the two older ones um, in land flipping, but they still remember driving for dollars. Yes. Like you'd get a listing. It's like, okay, I've got to drive by it or, or you know, buy a new house. We need to know the neighborhood. So anyways, okay, just that. Did your... Did that give you a second to, yes, yes, to yeah. reevaluate? So you've got the deal under contract. You evaluate the properties in depth. You did the due diligence. And then right. you close the purchase with cash or with the partner's cash through escrow attorney or title company. We talked on that. So if you need money, uh, what is it? Partner with Pete? Partnerwithpete.com. Okay. Um, and then you market the property and we talk about how we use an agent or a broker. And I use that term interchangeably. So also when I say a broker, I might mean an agent or an agent broker. Yeah. A real estate professional, that's what we should be saying. Yeah. And they are different, by the way, like, yeah. I, you know, but I just use it interchangeably. So why do we do that? Well, it takes away half the business, really. I mean, like if we don't have to worry about the sell side, like reselling these properties, if we can put a competent professional in mm-hmm. charge of that, that's got an established system that has local area knowledge, local area knowledge which mm-hmm. is very important. And uh, hopefully a buyer pool, you know, they when they list a property, we, we want to work at the top agents in any particular area so we did a whole podcast on that one too finding agents good you know all that kind of stuff yeah so they basically take that whole side of things the selling side and make it happen right so that's why we do it and it it makes the process work infinitely smoother you know obviously we have to pay commissions if we're doing that but uh i don't really feel like we would be saving much in expenses or anything at all if we were to do that ourselves right and we have as i said like we've done the the side where we were public facing as real estate professionals and the amount of phone calls they field um it it would be debilitating for you you know trying to get anything else done so they take that and they have a local area number they can meet at the property they know the area right that's just on the sell side on the buy side they give us those opinions before we even purchase it so they know that area they might go out there and we can't see and all of our research we don't even sometimes in the pictures and they're like yeah they missed a huge hog lagoon in the middle of it hog lagoon (laughs) i will always go back to that you know in smile nebraska um that i made up you know there might be it, it might be a great area and it looks amazing and the agent's like or you know what yeah, that's a great property, but 24 years ago, that was a dump. Right. Or they, yeah, that's the one property where they talk about the toxic spill. I mean, we don't right. know, we wouldn't know that from the pictures. And an agent's opinion is invaluable. And I think a lot of people don't realize what it really goes into being a real estate agent right. or a broker. Right. A um, good one. Yes. A good one. And that's exactly it. They're going to feel those calls. They're going to do, okay. The other thing I really appreciate is, it's harder to negotiate buyer to seller directly. Oh, yes, definitely. You know, it's a lot easier to have two real estate professionals kind of like working it There's out. a buffer. Right, yep. exactly. Because you people just intuitively think the other person's an asshole. Right. I just said a bad word. Yeah, yeah, a really bad word. But you know it. what I mean? Like the seller or the buyer, even in the perfect situation, things can come up. And it's a lot easier if, they, if one of the you know, real estate professionals are the ones that are kind of like, how, how about this? Or how about, you know what I mean? Like calming everyone's nerves because they remember the goal is to sell the property. Yep. That's the whole goal. Did I cover all that? Well, yeah, they take that side of it. They just do it. They get it done. So we don't have to worry about it. So it's really a very key part of our system. And I know other land investors may feel differently about that side of things, but this has worked really well for us. And that's why we do it. Right. And also they can take, like, spend your time doing the other stuff. Just write that into it. Know you're going to be paying that amount. And it's right. not even like we pay a high higher commission than a lot of people do, I would think. Maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah. But we really value our real estate partners. And we want to work with the best ones. Right. That's exactly it. So, so. you gotta pay for um, you gotta pay for the best. Right. And I we talk about this in another podcast too, but in the training program, you actually use you have a script in there. 
that tells people what to say when they're calling. Exactly. Because yeah. a lot of times a real estate professional having been one, you'll get these calls and like this person's just trying to use me to give them a free yeah. value or they have no intention of selling. Right. And you need to assert yourself as an actual professional that's going to bring them lots of business. Okay. The next thing is you're going to close the resale, resale transaction and receive your money. Yeah. See, these are the most important parts of the process. Right. After you negotiate a deal or whatever, after the real estate agent brings an offer in and, and you agree on, on what you're going to sell it for, then it goes through the transaction process with another closing company, escrow attorney, title company. And then at the end of the day, then you get a wire transfer into your bank account and you do it over and over again. Is that old saying, mic drop? Yes. There you go. We're done. Let's That's leave. the fun part. Yeah. Right. Where you get the wire. And uh, you know, the, the crazy part about this business after you're doing it for a little while, it's it's so weird and it always works this way. I don't know why, but you'll get multiple, you you might not have a closing for a week or two, mm. but then you get like three or four that'll close one day, the same day. You get right. all these wire transfers in one day. It's, it's, it's just a great feeling. It's when it rains, of course. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it also kind of feels like monopoly money in a sense. Like it's just trading money. Yeah. Because it's not, you're just, you don't look at money the same way. I don't know. It's weird. It's, it was different than when we were doing the houses and stuff, because this seems more like a... Yeah. Well, once you get you to know, the point too, and you'll get to this point after you've figure out this business and it really starts working for you when you're not relying on every single like Penny wire transfer to come yeah. in to like pay your bills or something mm -hmm. like that, then it gets more fun. Right. It's like, okay, you know, then you could take this money and invest in, and make more money and things like that. So it's, it's a lot more fun when you get to that level and, and you stick with it, you will get to that, that point. Right. Well, and I think that's another point too. I'm a pessimist by nature. You're an optimist. It's probably why it works. Right. But are you looking for funding for your land flipping deal? Then head on over to partnerwithpete.com. It's an innovative new funding program where we split the profits with you 50-50, but we take it one step further and we handle every other step of the process in the land flipping business. Yes, that means we handle all the due diligence. If the property needs any value add like clearing brush, perk test, survey, we'll get that paid for up front. Then when the property resells, we split the profits 50-50. There is absolutely no downside for you as an investor. If we lose money, we don't pass that on to you. But when we make money, when we make profit, we split the proceeds 50-50. So as a recap, we handle every part of the process. We split the profits with you 50-50. There's no downside for you as the investor, only upside. So go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and we'll get it checked out within 24 hours. When you came to me with this idea, I thought I had heard of pretty much all real estate. And you said this, and I was like, you got to be kidding me because land just didn't seem, I was the one who was like, I don't know, land just doesn't seem as valuable. Like how are you going to sell it fast? Right. Yeah. And when that's what I knew from uh -huh. being in real estate, land takes forever to sell, forever mm -hmm. to sell. Right. It, that's not true, but it, it was what I thought. But it's also because the only pieces of land around here that I saw were normally big parcels and they do take long to sell because mm -hmm. people want top, you know, like there's right. a lot of stuff or they'll maybe go into a kind of a pre escrow while they're doing some stuff that we don't see, mm -hmm. you know, it's between this developer and this person and stuff. And so when you, and maybe this is helpful to someone who has a partner in, in life and business or whatever, you said, okay, let's just, let's start it slow. Let's see how this goes. Let me show you that this works, right? right. And I, I think that's like where the whole monopoly money thing came from in my mind is that it's because you started slow and and that felt like money. Like the first money that we were putting out, I was like, okay, wonderful, get this money back. You know yeah. what I mean? But that's just my personality. And then slowly they started closing and it was like, wait a minute, this is like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like it does work. And then I thought, okay, well, we need to do more. Like it, it needs to be multiplied. Right. And the other thing too is we have a team that we didn't have before. Right. And we could make a lot more money not having a team. We could. Mm -hmm. But also we couldn't make a lot more money without having the team because we would be limited. There's only right. two of us. Right. And we tend to like our children, so we want to see them. Yeah. They're growing up. They'll be, you know, doing their own thing completely soon. And we, you know, we, we want to have a life. And that's the cool thing is that this is not so crazy that you have to do every single piece. No, no. And and the the cool part about that is that you can sort of offload tasks little by little mm -hmm. like you might get an assistant you know could be overseas could be domestically or whatever that you could you know start farming off some of your tasks too just training them how to do certain things that you don't like to do mm -hmm. and then you can gradually build your team as you do more and more deals and things like that and that's what we've done we've we've really built our team over time and we're we build it to the point like where we want to go not where we're at right now so. Right. And I think the other thing to start at, I think I've said that like 12 times. Okay. That's okay. I'm a big thinker today. What don't you like doing? That's what you should start farming out. Right. 
you know, or what are you not good at Mm -hmm. or what takes up too much time and then look and see, okay, I really like doing this. Maybe you really like doing something that's, you know, time consuming. It's okay if you really like doing it. Mm -hmm. Like one of the things I farmed out initially, and I know a lot of people probably feel the same way is I don't enjoy talking to the sellers or the leads that that call in. Mm -hmm. So I hired someone to be the acquisition manager to actually handle that whole process for us. So it goes to... The, we have a telephone service of just 24 hours a day, which is crazy because I asked Pete, like, how people actually call at like 2 a.m. Like, on a Saturday. Sunday morning? Yeah, or and they yeah. do. And they might actually be serious. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or not, you know, but so we do that. And then the next level is the acquisition manager, who is another human being. Right. Yes. More on our team than, right. than it's outside service that does that next part. So, yeah, I think after all these years of talking to people in real estate, that's, you don't like the public facing part of it no, as and, much. You do like talking to people. You're a very friendly right. person. I, yeah. I like, I like talking to people and mm-hmm. I like people, but it just is so um, kind of disruptive right. and like trying to get stuff done. It's very hard to like take a 20 minute phone call, you know, or something like that. So, mm-hmm. and you need to be there. You want to return those calls pretty right. quickly too. Exactly. Because if someone's decided they want to sell or it wants questions, they want someone that's going to respond back. Right. So basically you can farm out all these different mm-hmm. tasks that you want to, and you can build it over time. So it doesn't have to be like, oh, I need to hire all these people. It's, it doesn't have to be that way at all. It shouldn't be that way at least. No. And, but I guess to reiterate my fact too, um, if this sounds interesting to you, don't think you have to jump into, you know, hundred thousand leads a month. Oh, yeah. You know, you can start way smaller, do it at your comfort level, see that it works, Figure out what niche you like, what area you like. Prove it to your significant other that it works. Yeah. How to do that with others. Well, we get that a lot though. Like a lot of times people ask that. And everything we've done, like how do you, you know, how do you go with each other's whatever things they want to do? And it's like, well, we, first of all, there's trust, but then also you, yeah, prove it, prove it works and, and then build up. Anyways, thank you for coming to therapy today. Um, so the goals are, you wrote this out. I think it's kind of funny. Hold properties for as little time as possible. The average is 60 to 90 days. Double your money on every deal. Buy and sell as many properties as possible. Yes, that's that's pretty much our goal. So mm-hmm. we hold properties for as little time as possible. We sell them as quickly as possible. For the first couple of years, we were able to average you know, 60 to 90 days mm-hmm. in our hold time. It's jumped up a little bit this year. I don't know if it's because of the market or clearing out some old inventory or whatever, but still pretty quickly we're able to sell these mm-hmm. properties. We try to double our money on every deal. Now that doesn't always work out, but on average, you know, over time we've been able to average about twenty two, twenty three thousand dollars profit per deal. So that's a good amount of profit for for property. And then, um, yeah, just buy and sell as many properties as possible. Try to do it as much as we can. I have my phone in my hand. Okay. And we've got some questions. Okay. Now, now these are questions from our land conquest community, and every week on the podcast we try to grab four of these questions out and, and answer them uh, in depth and uh, in just a little bit different than just typing out a response on the, in the community. So. Okay. Sounds good. So um, Murtaza asks, uh, Canadian market. Hi, first time poster, but long time listener. Okay. I like Great. that. Uh, does anyone have any insight about the Canadian market? If yes, where can I find all the pertinent information about the landowners? Dun, yes. dun, dun. Yeah. Unfortunately, I have not found any good options for that. I would love to purchase, buy, and sell properties in Canada and other places as well. But I know Canada specifically, they are not as public with their land ownership records. Mm -hmm. I know there's ways to get them, but the apps for looking up all these properties don't really exist like they do in the United States. So that's a major hurdle that you're going to need to get over, I guess. I'm not saying it's impossible, but you'd really have to rework the business model quite a bit in order to make it work. Maybe it has to be more localized so you can actually go and check out these properties. Maybe you're going to be doing more targeted lists, something like that. Or so, more broad, just like blanket letters, like, hey, right. if you have a... Yeah, yeah, maybe but, maybe more mass market type yeah. advertising yeah, you know, think, in a specific area. Uh, there's A lot of people have asked us that. We love can I mean, there's... Maybe it's also because of, the rules are so different, it seems, in each providence. Like... Yeah. They don't have as much. I don't know. Okay, so sorry, not not the best news. Yeah, but. so it is it is possible. You probably have to really tweak the business model. Mm-hmm. And so because anything's possible, right? And also maybe there's even more opportunity because it's not so easy. Right. Maybe you get a billboard. Maybe you're on TV. Maybe you do something like that to generate your leads. Just, but it, you know, then you have to go check out the properties individually, though. So where there's a will, there's a way. Okay. Next question is from Kevin. Outsourcing options for due diligence and comps. Looking for recommendations for quality outsourcing of due diligence and comps. Also, feel free to share options to stay away from. Thanks. Okay. So I really haven't found 
you know, very extensive due diligence services out there that, that have been reasonable to use for properties. I think it'd be great if I could find some, but there's two sides of this. There's the, the due diligence, like the property research and everything. And we mm-hmm. do use a company for that. It's called landmasters.us, I think is the website. Anyhow, they compile a report for each property. It's kind of basic level stuff, you know, like they're calling the utilities and they're finding out what what's available for that particular property. So they, they handle some of that heavy lifting for us. We do verify all that information as well. And if there's if we have a reason to think that it might be questionable. But um, so that's a pretty reasonable option. I wouldn't rely on it solely for any of this type of stuff. And then the the other side of things is the property values. And I think I'm a pretty big believer that you really need to kind of figure that out yourself. You know, really learn how to pull comps is what what they call it. It's kind of the process of determining what a property is worth based off of comparable sales. So learning how to do that yourself, but then also using a local broker to kind of get their opinion on it as well. Yeah. So I don't have any sort of specific service to recommend on that side of things. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. If it does exist, uh, reach out to me and, and maybe we can do some business together. But it's kind of hard to so we've got a whole team basically we put together that does all this due diligence stuff and uh so that's uh that's the way that we've handled it but maybe there's maybe there's other services out there that can do that i just don't know about right and if you're still learning um how to kind of value properties the calls that you do every week are where i would send them why don't you talk about that a oh little yeah bit? so yeah in the community i've been doing weekly zoom calls mm-hmm. so and these end up calls end up being like two hours long but basically what i'm doing is you submit your property, you get to submit a deal that you're looking at, and I will share my screen and I'll go through the whole entire evaluation process. What you would be doing yourself looking at it. Yeah. If I was looking at the deal, if I was going to buy it myself, I'd show you exactly what I'm looking at. So you can get an idea of how to do that yourself. So I think you'll learn quite a bit from that. Our daughter, Madeline, uh, moderates that with you. Yes, yeah, she is she, the co-host. Yeah, she loves doing that. That's, yeah, uh, she, she thinks a lot of fun with that's it. a very fun process herself with her properties. Yes. Okay. Alex says, hi. Um, he didn't say hi. He did say hi. Sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry, Alex. Uh, first mailer's results. Hi, everyone. I hope everyone is doing well. I'll get to the point. I sent out about 5K, 5,000 mailers and I'm getting calls, but I think I need more practice on the phone and need to work on my comping skills. For larger counties, it seems like my comps were too high on most of the blind offers I sent out. For starting point, about 15 to 20% higher than I expected for them to be. I even got some sent back to me signed, but I couldn't close on them due to the fact that I just offered too high on the uh, blind offers. Second, I think I could use some serious work in talking to sellers. Given that this is my first mailing and I've only uh, gotten about 10 calls, I remain hopeful that this is a good practice run and it's not over yet. Quite the contrary. I'm getting, I'm just getting started. Any tips, advice, or similar experiences would be very helpful. Did you guys close on your first mailing campaigns and how did you get better at negotiating and closing the deals, y'all? Almost done. Thank you for reading and thanks for the support. I guess I should be grateful that people are actually calling me. I like that he said y'all. I don't ever get to say (laughs) y'all. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that's a, that's a very extensive question and I like it because it touches on a number of things. First of all, this is a process and you get better, like anything, you get better the more you do it. So this is the first mailer. I wouldn't jump to any sort of conclusions, you know, having problems putting together deals or whatever. This is all normal stuff. Mm -hmm. I talked about our first mailer of 10,000 pieces of mail and I didn't get any deals from it because I made some critical mistakes. But And uh, I still use it against you to this day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my mistake was I sent out offer prices too low. Sounds like maybe you offered Alex offered prices that were a little bit too high. It's a learning process and and you'll get a feel for that over time and you'll take that data and you'll adapt to it the next time. So in this case, some people send sent back some signed offers sounding like they were a little too high. That happens quite a bit. It happens mm-hmm. to us quite a bit even now. And in those situations, it's just simply a matter of renegotiating. You don't have to just say, oh, that doesn't work and just throw it away. No, you don't, don't do that. Ever. Right. You've got actually a potential deal there. <laughs> exactly. You've got someone that wants to sell and you just need to have the conversation with them. Oh, I'm sorry. We were a little bit too high in the offer price. I didn't realize that half of the property was wetlands or whatever the negative issue is. Just let them know what that is. Oh, I didn't realize that this property is not on the main road. I didn't realize that, you know, whatever the case may be, and you say, for that reason, the best that we can do is this. And then you try to put together the deal. So many of our deals that we end up actually doing 
you know, they're not at the actual offer price that we sent them out in the mail. It's just a starting point, really. Right. And so. sometimes you have to go higher. Like when you said you send it too low. Right. You know, I think that you learn more from your mistakes than you do from your wins. Exactly. And I think the other issue, again, I think a lot, um, is that 80% of the people probably would quit after this. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're going to be like, didn't work. I'm done. Whatever. So if you keep going, you're ahead of 20. You know what I mean? You're, keep you're, going. Keep yeah. going. And, yes. and a lot of people can't, or quit right when the magic was going to happen. Right. So think of everything you're learning from this. And, and you're doing exactly right. He's saying, like, how can I do better? Right. What can I do better? How do you, what would you do with talking? Yeah. So it's basically comes down to scripts and, and it's not a sales situation. You're not doing any sort of fancy talk that's trying to sell people on this or anything like that. Really, our script is just about asking questions. You just ask the sellers questions, open-ended questions, meaning like, what can you tell me about this property? What are some of the positives? What are some of the negatives? You know, like, and then asking, you could drill down into more specifics, but we, we've got that script in our training program too. Like our, our script that we give our acquisition managers to talk to people and you're just talking to people. You're having a conversation. They'll tell you one thing and it may lead to more questions. In none of this stuff, you're not trying to strong arm them into accepting this deal or anything like that. You're having a conversation with the person that is interested in selling and it's just a matter of about coming together on a price that will work for both sides. Right. It's just a win-win for for both sides. I think that he already has it. Like he has everything he needs to be successful. He just needs to go through the course now. Right. I'm sorry, the training program. The training program. And it's about repetition too. Right. You you know, anything you start is going to feel awkward at first. Mm -hmm. You're going to feel like you're terrible and you're going to feel like you're doing it wrong Mm -hmm. and other people are better than you and all that kind of stuff. That's normal for anything you do. I mean, just think about stuff you've learned over time. Were you great at it when you started? It was. Okay. You're natural. Just kidding. No, but most of us aren't. <laughs> yeah. I, the more you do it, you're going to get more used to it. It'll become second nature, right. just like anything. Right. So don't give up. Go through the training program. Try out the scripts. Right. See what's comfortable for you. And and reiterate, don't, you're not trying to force anyone to do anything. Do not force anyone to do anything. No, no. And remember, it's just about having a conversation, asking questions. Mm-hmm. You could have that list of questions in front of you when you're on the phone. Start out with a simple thing. What can you tell me about the property? That's an open-ended question, and people can take that in many different directions. They may not know anything. They may know a lot and talk your ear off for 20 minutes, but it's a conversation you're just having. Right. So. Um, and you found people who wanted to sell. That's the hardest part. That's the hard part, So yeah. you've identified a market that has sellers. Right. So good job. The next one is from John, and I really like this one because we talk about this exact like we talk about this a lot. So he says forecasting. I'd like to target an income for the year and back in the activity necessary to be successful, what we call reverse engineering, right? which is so important to us. Pete or anyone else, any guidance, metrics that you can share from your experience, i.e. the number of mailers per deal, average deal size, et cetera, and all that kind of stuff. I like the way that John is thinking. Yeah. You figure that's... out your goal and then how do you get there? Right. So over time, we've been averaging about $3,000 in mail costs per deal. So we get a really good prices on our mail because we send out a huge volume. If you're not sending out as much volume, that could be different. But so, you know, roughly 50 something cents per mailer, you know, that'd be about 6,000 mailers for one deal that we get. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of variables. First of all, we're pretty picky in the deals that we do we, at this point. We're only looking for bigger deals at this point, which are harder to get. Mm-hmm. If you're targeting smaller properties, you know, buy price of five to $10,000, you're going to have a lot better success rate than that probably in most areas so you know you might be down to a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars in mail costs per deal how much do you think that we make off of a three that like is there a number you could say we normally make x amount of dollars on that deal yeah yeah our average profit per deal over time has Mm -hmm. been about twenty three thousand dollars per deal this year last year is about twenty two thousand before that i think it was twenty thousand the year before Mm -hmm. that so that's crept up a little bit over time because that makes a huge difference when you say because a lot of people might hear i pay three thousand dollars per deal and be like yeah it's freaking crazy but if you're gonna be returning twenty three twenty four thousand dollars it's not so crazy right seven times what Mm -hmm. we invest i mean that's that's really pretty good right i mean not not including paying for the property itself, but mm-hmm. but just the profit from it. The, for the, just profit, uh, yeah. So if I wanted to make, you know, I don't know, a million dollars this year, right. I just have to do reverse engineer that. Right. I need to, this is how much money I'm going to spend on mailers. I have to do this amount of mailers. 
to hit that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's going to change in your area that you're working on. What area? And like you said, your niche, right. that's going to make a difference. So you need to identify your niche, identify how much you're spending. So it was a John, I think. Mm-hmm. needs to go back to the table and be like, okay, this is my area. This is what I've done before. This yeah. is how much I paid. I think that it, it takes six months to a year to really kind of narrow that in. Right. You'll figure out what types of deals are deals that really resonate with you, mm-hmm. like price ranges and all these kinds of things and areas that really seem to hit, like you find good people to work with in those areas and things. So, And you just genuinely like the area. Not like you want to move there, but you just have this feel to it. Like, I really like this area. Right. Oh, I get properties. Smile I understand how to evaluate properties there. You know, yeah. I know what they're worth. You get a really uh-huh. good feel for certain areas. So, Right. And you understand maybe, uh, you know, you, you really get the tele- telepathy. What is it? Of topography. Like, topography. Telepathy. <laughs> that's a new word. You know what I mean? Like that's something that's really of interest to you. Yeah. So stay open to that kind of thing. And just with your gut feeling, you'll start to, you know, resonate or maybe you'll be an infill expert. Yes. Yeah. I'm so, not. Are okay. you an infill expert? Infill lots? Well, maybe in some areas. Okay. Do you love infill lots? Uh, we do more rural properties. And that's, that's, a, that's another thing. Like sometimes people are more interested in doing these infill lots, suburban infill lots, rather than the rural properties that we do. But isn't that yeah. funny though? This is exactly what I'm talking about. Is that you resonated to these more rural? Yeah, it was it, it was probably a conscious decision, but also kind of not. I bet you anything, you were like, okay, these work. I like them, but also you like how they look. Yeah, I do. I do. I like just big See? pieces. Of, I like getting like a big TV. You know, that's more exciting to me than the smaller TV, even if it's you know. Isn't cool. that funny? So there's probably some sort of psychology behind it. Maybe. But go with it because the, the thing is that you're going to be way more excited. Even if we decided the info lights, info lights, info lots were more lucrative for us, you probably wouldn't be, you wouldn't make as much money because they don't like excite you. Yeah. It's not as exciting. But some people are thrilled by that. Right. But that's cool. So trust your gut. It's fine to do that. Right. You don't have to do rural just because we do rural. Our girls don't do the same as us. Right. So follow your guide. Find your niche and go with it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then figure out how much you want to make. I love that. I think everyone should do that. You actually do that. I wish I could show it, but I don't have it here. But you have like kind of a, a board that you write out that mm-hmm. has all your stats on it. That's right. what motivates you. Right. You have a big whiteboard. I'm going to show it social media. So if you don't follow me, yeah, that's I, I, I think it would be a great idea for you to follow me. Sure. Uh, Reese Peter on Instagram and also YouTube at Turning Profit. We've got these podcast episodes, but I also release income reports in there. We've got a, a bunch of other shorts and everything we put on there as well. Yeah. I don't really share about real estate, so I don't think I'm your ticket, but, <laughs> but follow Pete likes that. You can follow Pete on Instagram. Um, yeah. YouTube shorts are really good too. And then, but most importantly, go to Turning Profit. Turningprofit.com to see the income monthly income mm-hmm. reports, wealth of knowledge in there and landconquest.com to go and join our community. Perfect. I was kind of feeding you that. Yes. I wasn't sure if your voice was going to cover or not. So. I'm not sure either, but it seemed to have made made it through the whole episode. And then today. also, join once you join the community, um, be sure to join Pete's calls with Madeline every week. Oh, yes. The Zoom calls. Yeah. Right. Those are those are super cool. And you can submit your own um, deal for you to look at. Yep. Yeah, that's 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 about all we've got today, yeah. I guess, though. But till we record again. Yes. Till next week. Sounds good. Bye. All right. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. And if you're ready to start turning profit yourself, visit our website at turningprofit.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please help spread the word by sharing it with a friend. See you on the next episode.